The first scripture reading is from the book of Ezra, chapter 8, verses 21 through 23. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might deny ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and cavalry to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king that the hand of our God is gracious to all who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. From the 13th chapter of the book of Acts. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod to the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. People have been using fasting in various religions all over the world from a many, many millennia ago until today. And many religions practice fasting in liturgical ways, in ways where there's seasons of fasting or there's festivals where fasting is the norm. And so fasting is something that is a kind of a hot topic today with various cultures and us trying to understand various cultures, especially in our community. As we know, our Muslim neighbors and friends practice Ramadan every year and fast, up, fast from sunup to sundown. But even more so, it's become popular as a topic of science. There's been some fads and diets lately where it's kind of intermittent fasting, either uh, there's a couple different models that they've used. Either there's been a model where you skip a day of eating, so one day a week you don't eat anything at all. Or there's a model where you pick a window to eat within that particular day, and maybe you eat for six or seven hours, and you can eat whatever you want within that, but then you don't eat outside of those hours. And all of this, the science behind these things are showing how our bodies kind of react and go into different metabolic modes as we fast but that, none of that is really what we want to talk about this morning. What we're talking about in this series on 10 Christian practices is we're talking about ways that you, in your daily spiritual walk in life, can experience God more fully through various physical or spiritual practices in your um, regular activity, your regular day. So what does it mean for us when we look at fasting in that way from a biblical perspective? Well, the Jewish faith um, is where we get our practice of fasting from, and the Jewish faith used fasting in lots of different ways. And they have five festivals throughout the year where fasting is a part of those festivals. And so it makes sense that Christianity grew up with an idea of fasting being something that we do as well, and that we actually have included as a part of a festival um, celebration with Lent and recognizing the, the practice of Jesus in fasting in the 40 days and 40 nights in the desert while he was being tempted and preparing for his public ministry after his baptism. 
But we see other examples of fasting that aren't, like we said, liturgical or used within festivals. Instead, we see all kinds of practices where um, people are using fasting as a way of representing their repentance. And this is a, an example that we see within scriptures regularly, that people who have recognized their sins will begin to repent from their sins and show physical signs of their repentance by choosing to not eat and recommit themselves to the Lord. And then we see other times where fasting is used as a practice to specially ask the Lord for something, to give and show a sacrifice and a show of dedication on our part so that the Lord might see that we're serious about this and that the Lord might listen and hear us. And then we also see fasting, and this is where we see more of the kind of fasting in the New Testament, is a type of fasting where people are choosing to set aside their physical need of eating in order to pursue something that is greater than the food itself, something which can sustain them and give them life more in a spiritual sense than what the food can do for them in a physical sense. And that this physical sacrifice of giving up food is a way of recognizing that kind of spiritual desire for God. And so this is what we're going to talk about this morning. And this is what I think is one of the fasting practices that is really important for us as Christians. Do you guys remember the days of lay, uh, layaway? You guys in here, do you remember the days of layaway? Yeah, I'm sure some of you at home remember those days. We don't really have layaway as a practice today anymore. In fact, Noah doesn't know what layaway is at all. Right, Noah? Noah's ducking his head, so he doesn't even know what layaway is. When I was a teenager, most of the various different electronic stores and stuff like that would do layaway, where if you wanted something, you could put it on layaway, and then you could pay a monthly charge in order to um, basically pay for the full price of it over time. And once you had paid for it completely, then you could receive the item and, and take it home. It was yours. And so it was a way of... of saving up in, in a way for something, but actually paying for it as you go along the way. Um, and, but you kind of had this delayed gratification. You weren't going to get it until you were done saving up. This, to me, is a great illustration of what fasting is. Fasting is a practice where you are delaying gratification for one need in order for you to recognize uh, a need in another way, spiritual need. And so you're, you're making this sacrifice. I think that the, this makes it hard for us as modern day Americans, modern day people, for us to understand the significance of fasting. Because in this day and age, we're all about the quick turnaround. We're all about the quick satisfaction and quick um, give, getting something, quick, quick reward for almost no sacrifice at all. So we've created a culture today where you don't put something on layaway. Instead, if you can't afford something now, you put it on your credit card. And then you pay not only for the price of the object over time, but you pay an exorbitant amount of interest as you're paying down your credit card. And this is the culture that most of us are now accustomed to and that we're used to is this, this idea of gratification right now that I'm going to get it. But fasting is the opposite of that. And it's one of the reasons why I picked it as one of these 10 practices for Christians today is because I think that the practice of fasting 
is something that begins to teach us again that we can't have everything we want right now always, that there is sometimes sacrifice that is required in order to desire after or receive something that's greater than that which we're sacrificing in the first place. And so this is what we're, what we're encouraging you towards when we look at fasting. Now let's look at our two stories from today. In Ezra, uh, this is the, the people of God um, that are going to be returning out of exile and go back to their land and check out what's going on there in the land and begin to rebuild it. And Ezra and the people with him were embarrassed to ask the king for a guard. They didn't want to ask for military guard as they went back in order to ensure their safety because they had bragged so much about the promises of the God of Israel, the promises of Yahweh, and how much, how powerful this God was that they, they felt like they needed to live into that promise that they had preached to their, to their captors. And so what they did was they chose to fast and really seek the Lord for the Lord to give them safety on their journey back to Israel. And as they did this, as they put aside a physical need and they sought after a spiritual need from God, God's sovereign protection over them, they were recognizing that their need for God was greater than their need for food. We see this echoed in Jesus' own statements. Jesus says, I have food that you don't even know about that sustains me. Food from the Father, spiritual food, right? And, and he's saying this to his disciples, and they're all whispering to each other, who, who gave him bread? Who brought him bread that we didn't know about? And yet Jesus is talking about the fact that God is the real sustainer of all things and that Jesus recognizes his dependence and need for his Father in heaven is far greater than any of his need for food on this earth. And so this is the concept that we're going to talk about. Another pastor I um, heard talk about fasting once, and it was one of the best illustrations, and you might have heard me say this here in some way or another, is that fasting is like setting aside a fast food meal, like McDonald's, in lieu of getting a, uh, a home-cooked, multiple-course, well-balanced meal. And who wouldn't pick the well-balanced, full-course meal over the fast food meal. Why do we eat fast food? Because it's cheap and convenient, and we generally know that it's going to taste good. Um, but in the idea of satisfying, um, maybe when we're younger, we're able to digest those fats and food and process stuff better. But as I've been getting older, every time I go and get some hamburger from some fast food place, I feel like such garbage afterwards, and my wife always says, are you going to learn at all <laughs> that you, you don't really actually want that food, that it's not good for you, and that you feel bad after you eat it? And who knows, maybe I'll learn. I, I don't know. I've maybe trained my brain too much to think that that food is good for me. But, but if I had the choice to choose that over a home-cooked meal that was well-balanced and, and was a good, healthy, nutritious meal for me, I'd pick the good, healthy, nutritious meal because that is what is going to make me feel good and give me the energy that I need. And so fasting is like that. Fasting is like setting aside something that is lesser, something that maybe we even need or that maybe is, has some good or benefit to us, but we're instead seeking the Lord, and, and we're seeking spiritual discernment. We're speaking, seeking spiritual guidance. We're see, speaking or seeking spiritual nourishment rather than these physical things. So this is the concept of fasting that we want to really focus on for you. 
Now, as we talk about this, it's important to note that this is one of the few disciplines that's actually a negative discipline. Most of the other disciplines that we're going to talk about and most of the disciplines within the Christian faith, it's about doing something active. It's about adding something to your life that is healthy, that is good, that is, that is um, positive towards your development as a disciple of Jesus. But this is an action where you are actually taking something away. And so because of this, because this attitude or this discipline is about removing something from your life, then you have to also pair it with something you're going to add to your life. And we see this. We see this in the scriptures as the people of God practice fasting um, throughout the millennia that they've been around, is that when they fast— they choose to replace whatever they f- are fasting from, typically it's food, with something else, which mean, usually is prayer or worship or fellowship and discipline with one another or meditation or silence and solitude before the Lord. Whatever it may be, it is something that they are choosing to pursue instead of whatever they are giving up. So this is important for us as we think about the ways that we might fast. Now, many of us fast during Lent, and many of us choose things that aren't food to fast during Lent. And there's lots of good options of things to fast from that aren't food and I think are just as significant. Uh, And so many of us have chosen chocolate or sweets, or many of us have chosen to give up alcohol or to give up Uh, television or to give up social media or to give up various other activities that we enjoy that bring in uh, enjoyment and entertainment to our life, but that we recognize seeking God is a far greater goal than those things. Now, the problem comes, and I know I've done this, so I'm sure some of you have done it too, when we fast from something, but we don't fill that time with anything spiritual at all. We fill it with something else that's just the equivalent of that thing right? Instead of watching TV, we start watching movies or whatever it might be. And so it's important that we make a a dedication when we fast to something of spiritual benefit, of, of spiritual nourishment during the time that we would normally be spending doing this other thing. And that's the whole reason for giving it up in the first place, is recognizing that there's this better thing that you could be seeking after, and then seeking after that better thing and laying aside the lesser thing for it. So what are some ideas? What are some things? We, we've, I've already kind of mentioned a few in talking about Lent, but a good idea for you to fast maybe this week might be to fast from social media for a 24-hour period. To not look at any of your feeds on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or no, what are some of the other ones that I'm missing? TikTok, yeah, or whatever else. Whatever your social media of choice is, to, to choose to stay away from that for a 24-hour period and then intentionally to use the time that you would normally spend perusing those sites instead to sit in silence and solitude, pairing it with one of our other disciplines we've talked about, or to sit and read through the Psalms and do listening exercises, another one of our disciplines we've talked about, or to sit and pray or to journal or whatever it might be that you choose to seek the Lord, that you would use that time instead to seek the Lord. And maybe it's food. And food has been um, something that people have used for fasting for a long time for good reason, that your body needs food, right? You don't need social media. I'm telling you this right now. As somebody who's largely given up on social media, 
you, you easily get over not having social media in your life. It takes a couple of days, but once you've gone a couple of days without it, it's pretty easy for you to just not miss it anymore. But it's really, really hard to not miss food. When you, when you take food out of your life, you're going to feel it. Physically, you're going to feel it. And it's not for everybody because some people might have medical restrictions. In fact, Jewish tradition often gave exceptions to the festivals that required fasting for those who might have some kind of medical restrictions. Um, and many Christian um, denominations also give those same kind of exceptions for people. But if you can, if you can give up food, maybe choose to just give up a meal. And instead of spending time during that meal doing what you would normally do, maybe it's lunch at work or maybe it's breakfast one morning, instead of spending the time preparing your food and eating, spend that time in silence and solitude before the Lord or reading your scriptures or praying or something that is dis disciplining you to seek the presence of the Lord in your daily life. So that's another option is, is food. Or maybe it's something else physical that you have that you, you do on a regular basis and you would have to be the person to figure that out. Maybe it's a hobby that you really enjoy. Maybe it's um, friendships that you seek after regularly. For a time to set those aside as a, in a real purpose for you to notice that that thing is missing and then fill that time and that space with seeking something in the Lord. So I challenge you this week to do something like that, to think and look through your calendar, to find a day that you can fast from something, especially now since we're not in Lent. <laughs> we're not in a season where, we're, where you're kind of traditionally being called to fast, but to do it in your own accord and to make a choice. Friends, as we leave from worship today and go back into our normal lives, I want to leave you with some words from the prelude that Brenda played in honor of her father, Clyde, H. Yates, he, she pointed them out to me, and they are wonderful words for today, wonderful words for uh, our, our service and for our, our thoughts on fasting. Let me read for you um, the first and the fourth verse. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost heights and catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I'll pray till he heaven I've found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. And this is what the practices we're using and looking at this summer and what fasting are all about. Desiring after something so much greater than what we have received in the past. Desiring after the very presence of God in our lives and our awareness of that presence day in, day out, moment by moment. So this week, I challenge you to take these practices we've been looking at, and silence and solitude, listening and fasting now, and pick days where you can practice them to seek that higher ground, to seek that gleaming presence of the Lord in your life so that you might become more aware of God's goodness towards you, God's love towards you, and God's blessing in your daily life. Now, go. Go and be with the Father who desires to make you sons and daughters of the kingdom, princes and princesses, heirs of all that he has made, so that you might reflect his glory in this creation and beyond. Amen.